Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 30, From Extreme Loss to Beyond Intention. Daniel is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, best-selling author, and qualified reality trans-surfing practitioner. His work has been featured in major publications all over the world, including NBC, CBS, MarketWatch, and Fox. He was also recently included in the Wall Street Journal's Masters of Success feature. Through his work, he aims to serve and uplift the lives of as many people as possible, helping them to live abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. Oh my gosh, this is such a powerful episode. Grab your pen and notepad. Dan drops some golden nuggets for transformation. We dive into quantum physics, creating your own reality, and shifting your consciousness. It is so interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. And today I have the honor to speak with Daniel. How you doing, Daniel? Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So today we're going to hear your story of what your love lesson is. And a love lesson is essentially a point in your life that became the catalyst for change for you to becoming the person you are today and using that information that you've learned to serve humanity. So what's yours? I love to say that um, my life's kind of been a trilogy, whether you want to call it a trilogy of books or movies, whichever one fancies your tickle. Um, But this most recent movie the one i'm in right now the book i'm in right now started on the 13th of february 2018 and what happened was as i was in santa fe new mexico in the mountains at a meditation retreat and for those of you who aren't familiar with what the weather's like at six o'clock in the morning in february in the mountains of new mexico let me just put this into terms you might understand i had thermals on two pairs of socks gloves three three tops on a body warmer a hat and hot pockets in my pockets and in my gloves wow. and a scarf right it was it was very cold but my heart was warm and the reason why my heart was warm is because as i came off the the back of this walking meditation that i was doing i was struck with a vision of what my life could actually look like if i stopped half assing it and actually just went for it and why this is so um, so so real for me is really requires for me to take an, a step back to, to look at what I was coming off the heels of in book two. See, book two started in March of 2008 when I just lost multi-million pound fortune for the second time, this time very, very messily. And this time I, I wasn't left with any hope or belief in me that I could go and do it again. I lost the first when I was 20 years old. I made, made and lost my first million by the age of 20. But that time I hadn't been touched by life yet. I hadn't seen any resistance. I hadn't seen, um, I hadn't seen any, anything to, to really give me any belief that I hadn't seen any adversity. That's the way I hadn't seen any adversity. I was still young. So I went off and did it again. And, but the second time it, 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 it took me out. 
it, it really did take me out. And the only reason why I didn't commit suicide is because I didn't want to fail at something else. So I was literally looking at the dissolution of my life. And I said to myself, well, if I tried to pull off the suicide thing, which felt like the only option that I had just to just wipe the slate clean and hit reset, is if I fail, that's going to be like, that's just going to be just, just another thing. So I actually set off on this journey to find out what had gone wrong with how I manifest so that I could fix it, not to recreate my life again, but just so that I could just successfully commit suicide. And that became book two, this journey of becoming obsessed with working out what had gone wrong, because what I was doing had worked up to a point, but it had stopped working and I needed to know why. And so I was reading, I was studying, I was listening to tapes. And I was pouring over my notes and I was seeing what had I gotten wrong. And the crazy thing is over that time, I'd so positively polluted my brain that I actually ended up accidentally moving into choosing life without realizing it. And as I moved into choosing life without realizing it and the journey continued, my life started to rebuild. I built up a successful business. I was living a life that I loved. I was traveling around the world whenever I wanted. I'd literally wake up in the morning and say, I feel like hanging out with my mates in New York and I'd go to Heathrow Airport and get on a plane. And that's what I got to do. And that was great, but it was just about me. And the model that evolved from what I'd worked before became Beyond Intention and Beyond Intention was what I was using. And there are people around me in my life that got to experience a bit of it too, just by me, you know, helping and supporting people around me. But there was no wider impact. I began writing a book about it. It took me 12 years to get that done. But for the most part, really, that was just trying to explain myself and to, to basically write away my, my muck-ups from before and really to seek outside validation that I've done it now. This is real. It wasn't about other people. But on that morning... I recognized that there was something in all of that I'd been through that could actually serve other people. There was something in all that I'd been through that went beyond me just having, you know, nice watches and clothes and shoes and, and good things. And that there was, uh, there was a, there was an, a, a place of joy, fulfillment. I can't even describe in words what I felt as I came off the back of that vision of what my life was going to look like. And that's the life that I, I get to live now. One that isn't about, you know, me getting a win for me. I managed to go and finish the book. And now that book isn't about me va getting validation. It's about sharing this tool, this model, so that other people can have that too and have a life that they actually love. Not one that they like or one that's cool or one that looks good on Instagram. One that actually fills them up and that they really love. I love that. So you lost millions twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's impressive that you built it and then you lost <laughs> it twice. That's that's part of my gratitude point too. Well, at least you did it, son. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then the, you did it a third time, but you were able to maintain it. Yeah, so the, the third time, actually, so basically when I rebuilt again, I wasn't interested necessarily in accumulating. I just wanted just to have a peaceful life and to do stuff that I wanted. So I did build my business up to seven figures a year. Um. But it was more just, it wasn't for accumulation before. Before I was like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to get to this number. And I was just like, eh, this is the house I want to live in. Can I do it? Yeah, I'll make the money. This is how I want to travel. Yeah. I want to go shopping and not have to think about the price of things. Yeah. Like, and that's where I got to. Nice. Mm. So can you tell me a little bit about what you said about beyond? Intention. Intention. I love yeah. that. So what is <laughs> that? So beyond intention is the four-step model that evolved from from this time of basically study and 
and, and regutting. So the, the model that I used before was one called vision, purpose, faith, gratitude. That's what I'd used before. It was, I mean, I got into this whole mindset and visualization and esoterics and mysticism and manifestation, although that word didn't really come out until later. Mm-hmm. About the age of 16 is when I kind of started that, that nice. road. Yeah, I, I started young reading. And so vision, purpose, faith, gratitude evolved from those earlier books that I was studying and early mentors. Like I was writing like this teenager writing to like authors like, hey, I'm Dan, I'm like 17 years old and I've been reading your book. I'd love if I could send you questions. And this is like pre, before email got sexy, right? So I was actually handwriting these letters and, you know, getting mentors by, as pen pals. And it was really, really cool. And so this model, like I said, it worked, but then it stopped working. So there was something wrong with it. Beyond Intention is my excavation of that, my, ex, my pulling it apart, doing the triage surgery on that original model. And the four steps that evolved were accept, clear, gratitude, and listen. And each one of those is basically uh, slowing down the process of unfolding what we're manifesting just so that we can have a conscious engagement with it and then direct that conscious engagement to get the outcome that we desire. And it starts with accept, which is the mindset with which we're approaching. And that's the mindset of responsibility. Not to beat myself up, but owning that I'm the author and creator of my life. Everything that's happened up until now has been the result, consciously or unconsciously, of a choice that I've made. Everything that is going to come is going to be the result of choices I make, consciously or unconsciously. And if I can bring the light of conscious awareness to even the unconscious parts, I can start to direct that and actually unfold fate as I choose. So that's step one. Step two is clear, which invites us to consider the fact that the only place I can have real change is a place that's real. And time essentially is a construct of memories, the present moment and expectations about the future. So by me letting go of those memories and only taking the wisdom from them rather than being locked in the emotional charge of it, instead of me getting caught up in my expectation to the point of disillusion, fear and anxiety, or even overexcitement, which also pulls me out of the now, I can look, oh, that's where I'm going, and then come back to now, and then actually make the choices now to affect me moving into that future. Gratitude. It's interesting that before I used to say live life with an attitude of gratitude, but actually what I came to understand is that the most powerful application of gratitude is to fuse it with expectation and to create a positive expectancy of what I desire to experience. And I can do that through gratitude. So I started fostering gratitude in advance, expecting it, developing a level of certainty that something's going to arise. And then the fourth step I think has probably been the most powerful for me. And that's listen. The reason why listen, I think has been so powerful for me is because listen invites me to remember that I'm human. I'm not going to get it right all the time. There will be mess ups, there'll be mistakes. I will come off course. I'm, I will trip up, put my foot in my mouth. But because I have a conscious awareness, I'm listening and feeling consciously, thinking, feeling, listening to myself consciously with awareness. When I do come off course, I can course correct and stay on track to what I want to create. I'm speechless. I'm, I'm just like, take, I'm just <laughs> taking it all in. <laughs> I got to listen to this and take some notes. <laughs> That was beautiful. And I really like the acceptance part because I usually have that in terms of the word surrender, just surrendering Mm -hmm. to the moment Mm -hmm. and really being a full acceptance of what's happening in the in the present moment Mm. and allowing I'm a big believer in God. So believing that God is going to provide and Mm. allowing my faith to guide me Mm. because 
there's so many aspects of my life where I thought I could micromanage it. <laughs> we love that, don't we? We humans. I'm I know. It's so For my space of limited, <laughs> space of limitation, I'm going to stop it. <laughs> I know. Isn't it interesting how we think that, oh, I can create something, but it's a limited thought. Like we're mm -hmm. coming from it from such a limited place. And that's mm -hmm. why I, mean, I even call this show Infinite Love, right? This It's mm -hmm. an infinite, It's a, there's infinite possibilities. And once... Mm -hmm. I was able to shift to that, okay, like let go and let God, mm -hmm. then that infinite possibility became real because I'm, mm -hmm. I could think beyond my limitations. And even if I do have a limitation, I could just accept that limitation and know that God will provide the rest. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's been really comforting <laughs> for mm -hmm. me anyway, because I can be like, okay, I'm gonna let that go and not mm -hmm. worry so much and just allow life to guide me as opposed to trying to steer the ship I think one thing that we, 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 we lose sight of as humans is that we're operating on our unconscious most of the time. And a big chunk of that unconscious, we didn't even construct ourselves. So we're running on someone else's script. So we're running on someone else's script, looking trapped in the past through our distorted lens of what the past was and getting caught up in emotions of that. And then got our limited, I mean, we don't even use for the most of us, we use like 5% of our brain power. So we're not even operating at the full capacity of who we are. And yet we presume that we have the capacity to see the whole playing field. We, we don't see the whole playing field. And that's when, for me, the surrender piece is so imperative because it's recognizing that we are part of a team that's bigger and stronger than what we could ever do as an individual. But we limit ourselves to oh, I'm going to do this and my limitations and my capacity to see and what's in front of me. When the faith aspect is understanding that we are part of an organism of intergalactic, interdimensional experience that expands further than we could ever conceive or imagine with our limited human minds. And that is an expansive, forward-moving, uplifting, love-driven gloop of <laughs> infinite gloop of possibility right? right but we come with our oh i'm human and i see this and i see that no mm -hmm. god is not a tyrant right right god is not contractive god is expansive and love and that's always growing and expanding but we cut ourselves off from that through our limitations and our limited perspectives versus falling into the flow of that but we have to choose to be in the flow of it. Like you said, you you choose to say, do you know what? I'm not going to get in the way of this. I'm going to let God take the will. Mm -hmm. Versus, I don't know how to drive. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get in the Formula One. Like, <laughs> stop it, dude. Like, just just stop. Just stop. It's it's hard. It's hard for most people because love isn't an. When people when you hear the word love, some people have a lot of people have a strong reaction to it because they're thinking about it in terms of the limited romantic love or the mm -hmm. limited love from their eros, right? So mm -hmm. it gets it gets complicated. Mm -hmm. So what do you? How do you advise or how do you use this concept of beyond intention for people that have deep emotional wounds, like they were abused or they they're stuck in their emotional past and they haven't mm. been able to break through yet. You know, one of the, I mean, I've, I've been working with beyond intention in terms of sharing it with people through a number of different fields. One of the things about beyond intentions, you can literally overlay it on anything. Mm -hmm. You can overlay it with therapy. You can overlay it with coaching. You can overlay it with self-development. You can overlay it with your health journey. You can overlay it with your money journey because it's just about how I'm showing up 
in terms of my contribution to that co-creative experience. Whether that's a co-creative experience of me and a business partner, me and what I call God, divine source, whatever, me, what I call my, my therapist or my, it's all the dance between these strands of consciousness. And ultimately what I'm saying is me as a, a part of this dance through accept, mm -hmm. recognize that ultimately the quantum overlay that I'm going to experience of this. I mean, if we, if we go down the rabbit hole for a second and start looking at uh, my kind of jerry rigged <laughs> perspective of hologram theory and quantum mechanics, Infinite possibility basically invites us to look at the fact that every single potential or even in unconceived variation of this moment exists here and now. You and I as strands of consciousness are simply having a dance wherein we're matching, we're overlaying that the perspective that I'm aligned with right now matches the one that you're aligned with right now. And now we're having a co-created experience where we are both. So there's a version of you and I that don't get along. There's a version of you and I where I'm the interviewer and you're being interviewed. There's a version where we're both from China. There's a version where we're both from, from white people from California. Every single one of those conceivable things exists here and now. And that's more than we can process. But because of the journey that I've happened to now, because of the choices that I made up into now, because of the timeline that I'm right, right now and the one that you're on, we're interjecting here and now. I, as a strand of consciousness, based on how I'm showing up, I'm going to be aligning with a series of these quantum overlays over time. And I call that my life. Time doesn't operate on this linear, linear line. It's a series of snapshots in quantum physics. I think they call it quanta. These snapshots is more like a, like a, a, a flick picture book where these singular pages that move together at such a pace that we have the illusion of this moving image, but it's not. It's a series of snapshots. And the snapshot that I'm going to experience next is a matter of probability based on the snapshot on that, that I'm in now. It's like people that have spontaneous healing. It's because they have transcended the limitation that they can't jump to a snapshot that seemingly is further away. Those that have spontaneous um, abundance, like a surprise comes in, it's because something happens for them to transcend the limitation because everything is here and now, but we end up developing this illusionary separation of distance based on our limiting beliefs. We create this chasm between us and what we desire to move towards. And so once I understand that those limitations exist within myself and they only exist because I allow them to be there, once I understand that ultimately the quantum overlays that I'm going to experience, the realities that I'm, the reality I'm going to move through is going to be based on what I'm magnetically attracted to. That's why people get obsessed with the law of attraction then I can understand that if I consciously choose where I'm showing up and how I'm showing up, I'm actually making it easier for God to actually do the heavy lifting of bringing that experience into my reality. Because I believe God is that moving force that weaves this tapestry of, of universal experience together as a moving intelligence. So when I have this viewpoint that how I'm showing up is ultimately going to dictate what I experience, I can walk into my healing journey through whatever medium or modality. And instead of me being dependent on this other strand of consciousness, instead of me being tied to my disempowered memories of my past experiences, I can come ready to allow God to do the healing through me, for me, and to me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, totally. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but 
more like, does it make sense to the audience? <laughs> Do you hear me, guys? <laughs> Are you showing up in authenticity and agency in your healing journey? <laughs> um, I love that because that's taking full responsibility that mm -hmm. you're a co-creator with life mm -hmm. and life's mm -hmm. not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely powerful. And it's an area where a lot of people don't, they don't want to go because then it's like when something bad happens, it's like they don't want to take full responsibility for the badness. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of evil things that happen to people. And then mm -hmm. it's so painful to think, oh, I, I allowed that to happen in my life. That can't be possible. Like, why would I ever invite that? And, and that, you know, we're coming back to this idea of not seeing the whole playing field. Right. Right. Because ultimately, the law of relativity invites us to remember that there's no good or bad. Everything just is until we attach meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And the meaning that we attach is the meaning that we've been fed. And that's generally coming from the unconscious. And even the meaning that we're attribute attributing to things, we didn't even construct that meaning within ourselves. It was given to us. And so something bad can happen, quote unquote. And we don't know that that could be the biggest blessing, as dark and as horrible as it looks. Right. We also don't see how that event plays into the overall universal tapestry, right? So we've all seen it that somebody tragically loses their life, but then that's the thing that opens up to massive change and upheaval that shifts the lives of many. And we don't know at another level of consciousness, the agreement that that soul had to actually be a part of that, ex of that event in order to contribute to the overall, because, you know, if we want to go down the rabbit hole, we're looking at these different levels of consciousness. We're looking at these different levels of experience. And again, we can't see the whole playing field at this level, but right. rather than being caught up in our beliefs and limited understandings, this is where again, surrender comes in. It's knowing and trusting that so long as we are subscribing to the agreement to let go and let God from an expansive place of, I want to contribute to moving forward from an expansive space of, I'm going to show up and do my best to show up as fully as I can in terms of what I have to contribute as my gifts, as my, uh, my, my abilities, as my love, as my, my resources, expansively with expansive intention, then I can trust that I'm riding the wave and that the captain of the ship is going to get where we're going to go. And no matter what comes up in that experience, even the dark stuff that we don't understand, there is something positive on the other side of it right because even if we're caught up in it now and not seeing it as positive because there is no truth or reality beyond right now we actually have the opportunity to recalibrate ourselves to actually quantum overlay to the expansive uplifting variation of it beautiful again speechless um <laughs> <laughs> i um i just love that so much because it really when you start to really understand that and embody that, it totally shifts your whole entire life because then you feel like, okay, even if something bad happens, you can be like, okay, bad, quote unquote. You can be like, okay, like where, where's the, where is, where's the growth opportunity in this moment for me? Mm. Mm. And I have a lot of people that I work with and I even, t you know, I have them look back and be like, okay, like this terrible thing happened to you. Like you got <laughs> raped or molested something. And I wouldn't w wish that on anybody. However, mm. you're now at a different place that was in your past. Mm. What can what can we extract from those experiences that have fueled your growth, mm -hmm. that can fuel who you are today? Let's look mm. at the silver linings. Mm. And it's hard for people to do that because they're like, they want to go into the blame mm -hmm. game, which I totally understand and I've been there. 
However, that that space doesn't allow for personal growth and no. and it doesn't allow for the ease in your body. So for me, I'm such a physical person. When you think about those areas, it's about contraction. You feel tension, you feel pain. It mm. doesn't feel good. It really mm. doesn't. So then how can you feel better? And I think most people are selfish enough to want to feel better in their body, even if they can't understand these concepts. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're selfish enough to be able to feel it in our body. That's powerful. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, these bigger concepts that you're talking about, many people don't understand and they, they can't even go there, but they can go mm. to their physical body. Like, you don't want to feel this. You don't want to be mm. in pain. You don't want to feel this tension. You don't want to feel so ugh about your life. Mm. How can we start releasing those areas in your life that you can let go of? How could you look at them in a positive way? How could you find gratitude and forgiveness, mm. passion and love into those spaces within yourself so that you can shift to a place where you feel good, you feel peaceful, you feel calm. You're not perfect, but you feel better than you did holding mm. on to all that pain. And then once you start feeling better, then you can, your mind will start to open to these bigger concepts that we're talking about. Because when mm. you're in deep, deep, deep in your depression and your pain, mm -hmm. you can't, it's hard to think about these things because <laughs> it, really, it really is. Because you're just like, I mean, I had clinical, I had depression for years. And if you told me, if we had this conversation when I was 20, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, I don't even know. I mean, and we would have never even met, right? It's like mm -hmm. one of these things when our vibrations meet, there we then go. we can meet. That then quantum we can, overlay. Right, because then mm -hmm. we can have a conversation. But if we were both teenagers, I would have just been like, I'm listening to Michael Jackson. I don't know what yeah. <laughs> But you know what? The, right? but this, the thing that you're saying, like this is like, I, I, I teach about this concept called micro-shifting. And you're basically saying that. You're saying that, Oh, everyone can make quantum leaps. Everyone's got the potential. But there's a difference between potential and capacity. Right. Right. We all have the potential for these quantum leaps that the Tony Robbins squad talk about. Yeah, massive action. Yeah. But everyone has the capacity to make a baby step, which may just be a conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about full responsibility. Yeah. But that may just start with just accepting responsibility in one area of your life or at one level. Right. Like you were saying, it may be that understanding that there's something more to a situation starts with just saying, what can I learn from it? That could be the opening foray. You know, I had this really interesting thought that nearly ran into like a negative stream this morning around believing in magic. And I was like, do I even believe in magic anymore? And I literally sat there and started watching my mind going to, is it all nonsense? And going back to like the deep darkness of everything's a lie. And like I could... And the, the, the way I was able to catch myself was maybe it is, maybe it isn't, yeah. but maybe. Yeah. And that just maybe was enough to whoo, stop me going off <laughs> down the dark, going off with the dark, the black dogs of depression and right. ending up in bed all day like, oh, what have I been doing? And it was just being able to be open to the maybe, just the possibility, right. just letting the light through of the slightest crack in the door mm -hmm. through to, to the other side. Yeah, that lighting that little candle of light mm. and darkness is is everything mm. everything because that can mm. totally shift your whole reality and having faith that mm -hmm. if you're in a dark space lighting that little candle that life is going or god is going to bring full light into that space where you can transcend and move into another mm. another being or another state of consciousness and that really is where 
the prayer and the intention start, but it really, the baby steps is key and also the willingness to do mm -hmm. something different, to shift into a different place. And sometimes it takes us all hitting rock bottom to really mm -hmm. decide, okay, <laughs> I'm, whatever I'm doing is not working clearly. Mm. And I need to do something else, which, you know, which is your story, which is my story, which is most people's story. Most people have mm -hmm. to hit the bottom, you know, feeling suicidal, which I also went through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, clearly I'm not going to die. So. <laughs> I need to do something else. Isn't it funny that we could laugh about this stuff? I mean, I, I did some, I, I, I volunteered for a, a suicide hotline. A group called the Samaritans operate in the UK for a couple of years. Um, and it was just like, just being able to see, oh, wow, I'm not the only one that goes through these cognitive engagements with this idea of, of ending it. And and it was tough, don't get me wrong, because the Samaritans edict isn't to talk people out of suicide. It's just basically bring people to a place where they can actually really make a choice for themselves and not be just thrown off and make impulsive choices. But is this really what you want? And that was really interesting, really, not even, it was a really challenging thing because sometimes you'd find out, like you spoke with someone for like a couple of hours and you thought, oh, maybe this person's going to choose life and they didn't, you know, and that was something that I, I had to experience. And again, that just showed me that the journey that I'd gone on with this and that, you know, you know, as well as I do, this stuff doesn't necessarily go away. It's just that we're better resourced to handle it and to, to navigate those experiences and to keep choosing life, to keep to have the capacity to ask that one question, which stops me going down down the black hole. And it's it's just understanding that the choices that we're making, uh, the experiences that we're having, they're all going against the backdrop of who we are. Mm -hmm. And who we are as a series of choices too. And so long as we're blaming other people, so long as we're giving our power away, like you said, so long as we're getting lost in the narratives and story around it versus connecting continually to what we're choosing to experience, then it just becomes this globulous mess of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also for me, another, a big part of why I got out of my depression is my decision to be of service. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. like I've been focusing my whole life on me, me, mm -hmm. what I want from a place of deprivation, feeling like life isn't giving me what I want. So mm -hmm. F, F this whole place, I'm just going to like take myself out. Yeah. And life was like, okay, we're not, you're not doing that. So, <laughs> or here's door number two. <laughs> yeah, you're going to live and and just kind of stop trying to kill yourself essentially. And mm -hmm. when I made that decision to be of service, mm -hmm. then it was easier for me to start thinking, okay, like I could live in this world because I could, I have a purpose. I'm here to mm -hmm. do, a, you know, like having a purpose mm -hmm. keeps give, wakes me up every morning. Cause it's like, okay, mm -hmm. what, what am I, what love, what change, what am I going to offer to the world today? Mm -hmm. And over time that I've become a happy person. <laughs> <But it> <laughs> <laughs> It took a while to really start to shift my narrative of like mm. the outside world, expecting them to give me the joy that I wanted mm. instead of saying, okay, I'm going to cultivate the joy that I want and bring it outward. It's like planting our own seeds in our own garden instead of running around cutting everybody else's flowers and wondering why they die. That's a beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, now we've got roses in our own garden every day and we just tend to those and right. cultivate those. Mm. And then we can, if we want to give them away, we can. Exactly. Because we know we can grow mm -hmm. some more. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not coming from this desperation where if you're cutting other people's flowers off, they <laughs> die, then you're like, oh, I need more. I need more. I have to go out and get more. And yeah. it's like Even if you put flowers in water, you know, I, my wife gets flowers every week Aww. because I, I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't get flowers. So, <laughs> no, real, real fact, the highest statistic of highest mortality rate of wives killing their husbands is Russian women. So. Russian women? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the that's the actual statistic. So, <laughs> is your wife Russian? Yeah, she's Russian American. Yeah, <laughs> but well, she's Russian Russian. She lived in America for like ten years. But um, it's um, I digress. We'll come back to the flowers thing. But the point is, we get flowers every week. But the flowers they last like that. We know predictably, especially if we get like a certain type of flower, they close. They're going to last this long. We are conscious of that. So there's no, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. Now, we've made the conscious choice to go and get flowers versus growing the flowers, but we know that those flowers have a timeline on them and the people who are selling us flowers, there's a conscious relationship there. These flowers are gonna last a certain amount of time. And there's a, I'm landing somewhere. When we are of service and we're supporting people, there's a conscious relationship, a conscious experience that I'm supporting you on this journey I can't do the heavy lifting for you, but I can at least give you some flowers so your house looks pretty while you're working on growing your own garden. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something to bring in when we're, we're talking about service and we're talking about not cultivating, um, cultivating our own happiness and not expecting it from other people because people do go into a coaching relationship or they go into a therapy relationship, waiting for the other person to serve them, not realizing that all they can do is give you flowers to keep your house looking pretty while you're, whilst you're working on your own garden. Mm-hmm. But none of that matters if we're not working on our own garden. Absolutely not, yeah. Mm. yeah. Can't give, you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Yeah. So let's get into the infinite love questions. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> How do you use love in your work? For me, love is a coherent frequency that literally has the ability to to change everything when we look at even the function of the brain and the, the brain waves that we experience the incoherent brain waves that happen in certain emotional states are always going to be consumed by the coherent frequency a uh, coherent frequency entering that space so i don't know if you've ever seen the youtube video of there's a there's a table of metronomes and they're all out of sync just all doing stuff and they introduce one coherent metronome and then one by one, that coherence spreads until all of the metronomes are operating in a space of coherence. Mm-hmm. Love is the one of, if not the most coherent frequency that we can introduce into any, any environment. So when we're looking at an emotional state, when we're looking at um, obsessive thought patterns, the inability to make choices that expand us, by introducing a love coherence into our thinking, into our emotional state, and there are hacks to do that, we actually can change the landscape and make it one available for us to cultivate and, and plant our garden. So I love that. And your work, so you are an author and you have mm-hmm. this beyond intention. Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you work with clients or people? How do people work with that concept? At the moment, it's predominantly, I've, I've just, I have been doing a lot of coaching and I had some high-tech programs and stuff like that. But I actually found that what was happening was I was getting distracted. I was getting distracted working with smaller groups of people and that's time and energy that could have been more available to me to actually have the bigger impact. So I've actually been, I'm in the process of navigating back to focusing on the wider impact. So I do have recorded programs and stuff that people can use in terms of getting deeper relationship with beyond intention, 
some of the applications of it. I created a program called Micro to Millions that looks at creating financial abundance off the back of it, which has been very successful. We've got people that are millionaires and six figures and all kinds of good stuff from it. But ultimately, what I want to do now is getting on podcasts like this more regularly and giving people the opportunity to at least open up their minds to the possibility of thinking differently and feeling differently about what they're creating. Um, my books obviously are there. Um, I produce a lot of content online as well to touch people's lives. So I'm coming back to more of a pure service relationship to the work I do now. And this isn't to, you know, say anything about people that have got more of a businessy aspect to it. I do have businessy aspects to it. I do have things for sale, but I am more focused now on what I'm doing in terms of just getting stuff in people's lives. Beautiful. How is your work used to serve humanity? I believe that humanity essentially is the, the sum total of the humans that comprise it. And that the more humans that comprise it that are of a certain frequency, we're going to create a tipping point that's going to facilitate humanity as a whole changing. So I believe that my work is serving humanity by the one or two or small groups of lives at a time that I introduced to just having more of an expansive frequency, having more of a positive outlook, moving away from the negative bias and into a positive bias, people that want to add to the world instead of taking away. I believe that that's going to contribute to that critical mass that will create the tipping point that can change humanity as a whole. Beautiful. What does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? Being a positive force of goodness in myself and to those around me, because at the end of the day, my sphere of influence is as a direct, my direct sphere of influence doesn't reach beyond myself. Even if I say something lovely, I have no idea how it's going to be received. All I can do is honor my responsibility to people. I'm not responsible for them, to them, by how I'm showing up and what I'm contributing to the spaces I'm in physically, virtually, and energetically, and endeavor that that's going to be expansive in and of itself. Beautiful. What do you love most about your life? I get to choose what I want to do and nobody really can tell me to do anything that I don't want to do. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's easier than others, but generally speaking, I, I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's a blessing for sure. Mm. How do you feel you receive love? So my love languages are quality time and acts of service. And so generally speaking, I, I receive love by people doing things that I feel that they've put thought into um, that kind of adds to me. And when people set aside time to actually connect with me energetically, that's probably the, the two most effective ways I receive love. And when do you feel the most love? I feel the most love when I'm actually full up and I, that's generally when I'm like here, like sharing about my work and um, getting to witness changing other people. That for me, there's a bond that's created in those spaces that fills me up the most. And I, I feel, I think I feel the most love when I'm doing my work. Yeah. yeah. And where has love created a miracle in your life? Definitely learning, like coming to a conscious acknowledgement of the fact that I do actually love my life. <laughs> and I don't want to end it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, hey, God, I love this stuff. I'm going to stay. And definitely the birth of my son. Um, that's been wild, like seeing his little face every day. That's like wild. Like when he has his little giggles and he just randomly starts laughing when he's sleeping. It's that's, I, I don't think you can put into words that people have tried to explain it to me, but I didn't, I didn't get it until now. Nice. Great. And 
I just have loved this conversation so much. It's Me like too. I'm sad that it's coming to an end. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you gotta, you have to come back to the show at some point. We yeah, can. I definitely have to get you on my show as well and, and share your story too. Oh yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So tell the folks out there how they can find you, how how they can get your information and learn more about who you are and all of that. So the easiest place to do everything is my website, dreamwithdan.com. It's nice and easy to remember. I've got uh, details about my books, all my social media links. Um, I blog probably three or four times a week. Um, I also write articles for a couple of magazines, but dreamwithdan.com is the most the easiest place to find me. But I am actually inspired to, to do something that I don't normally do. I have a link for my Beyond Intention Basics program, which is like the second level of of teaching that I do around the around beyond detention. I think it's like a couple of hundred dollars normally or something like that. Um I'd like to give it to your listeners um and give them oh. the opportunity to actually do it. So it's dreamingdan.com forward slash B I B. Okay. B I B. Um they'll be able to get a free download uh of, of that. It's like a video based one where it's actually a live recording of a course I did teaching people really going into the four levels of beyond intention. I think that'll be supportive to them. And I'd love to thank you. That. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Um, this has been a pleasure. I've loved this conversation so much. It's totally my vibe, all about manifestation and thinking and intention and love. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you, you so me. much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, sending you lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.